Hello. Hey, Merlin. Hi, Dan. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. How's everything up there? Everything's awesome up here. Yeah. Yeah, keeping it five by five. Yeah. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> I got it going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, been, I've, been clean, I've been cleaning lots of things. I've been moving things from room to room. Okay. Uh, I've been making a lot of little squeaky noises. Okay. Um. Yeah, really, you know, it's all, uh, everything's coming up uh, Millhouse. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about productivity. Yes. Pound sign, pound sign productivity. Yeah, sure. I don't know, man. I'm at sixes and sevens. I don't know what to talk about. I, um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot lot going on these days. Yes. A lot of balls in the air. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a Steve Zissou kind of week. Right on the edge. Right on the edge. Yeah. Going submarinal. Yeah. Yeah. The first mutant. The first mutant. Yep. Oh, right. And there's two speaking. humans torch, right? The humans torch. <laughs> the first, the first like attorney's human, general. The first human torch was a, uh, was a robot, an android, if you will. Mm. And my understanding is that the, that the body that human torch's body was later somehow the, became the vision or something like that. What? Yeah, I would have to look that up to be sure, but I'm pretty oh. sure that's what that is. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to pray on that. That's yeah. uh yeah. Huh? Huh? So uh, you know, Tony's always getting all burned up about other people using his tech. Tony Soprano. Yes, he loves his ducks. And so did, <laughs> I missed that show so much. I was just thinking about that the other day. Uh, I can't watch it again. I don't think I could watch it again. You know, one of my ideas for today that I didn't tell you about, but one idea is I thought we could talk about things that make us happy. I love that idea. Yeah. You can table it. Let's but, do it. Uh, now, well, you know, I, I had an idea cause I, I thought we could talk about, uh, not, not that that's going to be any, but it's not a panacea. I'm not going <laughs> to fix anything, but I thought it might be nice on this, on this horrible horrible Friday afternoon uh-huh. <laughs> to maybe talk about things we like okay. and not, not, not just our wonderful sponsors, but, um, so just think about that, All but right. we can cut this out. I mean, we'll uh, edit, well, the show will never air. I thought, now wait, let me understand this because did, I thought Tony Stark, did Tony Stark not make vision? No vision. Vision is an Android, right? Yeah. They changed a lot of that for the movie. Oh God! They changed a lot of things. Um, the first Human Torch. All right, I'm going to break down and consult mm, the, know, the tome of knowledge. Human Torch Android, also known as Jim Hammond, is a fictional superhero created by writer artist Carl Carl Burgos. Carl Burgos. Marvel Comics number one, 1939. Wow! So it was the what? So it was the first comics that was officially what after it, it was what? Not not Charles. What was it called before that? Timely Comics. Okay. The Human Torch was actually an android created by scientist Phineas Horton. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, yeah, along with Captain America and Namor, the Submariner, the first mutant. Mm -hmm. But he fell into obscurity by the 1950s. In 1961, Marvel recycled his name and powers into a new unrelated Human Torch. Remember the Fantastic Four? But then... 
I thought I could have sworn that he became the vision. Here it is. Uh, in modern day continuity, the supervillain, the mad thinker reactivated the torch to save him, to have him battle the fantastic four deactivating him when the torch refused to kill the heroes. A storyline in the Avengers dealing with the secret background of its android member, the vision gradually revealed that the torch's body had been found by a renegade robot named Ultron five and modified to become the vision. His Uh mind wiped of past memories and powers altered with the coerced help of the human torch's original creator. Phineas Horton. Phineas. They they ran a, uh, they ran a C3PO on him. Yeah. Did the mind wipe. Yes. I'll be hornswoggled. See, I, these are things I did not know. Here's one good thing to mention. I, this, I don't know. This is, it's kind of a, a weird outsider thing to like, but um, there's a uh, short series in 1994 called Marvels. Yes. That I think is, I, I can't, you know, I, I certainly would not be the best entree to the Marvel universe, but it's, it's fun fan service. Not least because it's, uh, I don't even want to say drawn. I think it's painted by uh, Alex Ross. Who, yeah, it who, looks it looks very different from anything you've ever seen before in in the comic world. I think. Yeah, absolutely. What well, what was his famous thing he did for DC, where all the superheroes were old? Oh, that was so good. Yeah, I know what you're talking he about. He did. Everybody's yelling. Everybody's yelling. <laughs> it's that uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah, Kingdom Come. Boy, that guy's a heck of an artist. Have you seen the preview for Logan? You know, I still haven't watched it. Everybody said it's uh, real grown up. It's real grown up, and and Logan himself is quite quite old. And uh, and my son saw this, and he's like, "Wow, that actor that actor is really old now." And I said, "No, it's he's not that old. That's just makeup and 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 stuff like that to make him look older." Ah, oh, see, that's how they get you. But he's ready to very much. He he got so excited by that that he's like, "Dad, we've got to get all of the other X Men film films, most of which I had, but I didn't have like Wolverine's Origins and uh, and things like that. So we had to get those. And uh, gosh, they, they really screwed up Deadpool in Wolverine Origins, didn't they? <laughs> I'm not sure how you arrive. I mean, let's even say like you know, I, Deadpool's always been kind of a weird kind of cult character. But like even deciding to like throw the the Deadpool tradition away, yeah. like how would you? I don't I don't want to spoil the movie, but essentially Dead Deadpool's mutant power, he has a little bit of the rogue thing, right? Where he like he picks up other people's <laughs> powers, but he's also like a mummy. <laughs> strange. It's so strange. I don't understand. Is- I don't even know why they put him in the movie. Ryan yeah, Reynolds well, was fine. He was great. The scene where he goes up the elevator and goes oh. into the office. Okay, everybody's dead. Like, yeah. That's a, I, I could watch that scene over. It was great. That was great. Yeah. But then you got, uh, you got uh, Charlie from uh, Drive Shaft and he could turn on elevators with his mm-hmm. mind. That was mm-hmm. kind of strange. Was that Char- wasn't that Charlie? Was he, he's also second breakfast guy. Yeah, I think what's so. What's the guy's name? What's his name? Winston Morris. No, what's his name? I know his name. But it's Charlie from Drive Shaft. And he's also uh, one of the two guys uh, that likes to eat a lot in Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> yeah, isn't he? Isn't that him? Is he I marrying think it is. the other guy? He's the other guy. You're better at faces and names than me. Well, I defer. You know, I defer to you. Thank you, thank you, Dan. As you know, my knowledge of the Tolkien universe is, let's say, it encyclopedic. Yes. 
You any questions anybody has about about that universe? I'm happy. I'm happy to oblige. Why would they sew his mouth up though? <sighs> I mean, maybe that's a joke. Maybe that's a, a ha ha Rob Liefeld joke, like yeah. because nobody likes when he talks. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. So Rob Liefeld, he did Deadpool, he did Cable, he did Domino, and I think did he do any of the other X Men? He created some really good characters, none of whom have feet. Man does not like drawing oh, feet. Like, anyway, yeah, he can't draw. He can't draw feet. This is depressing. Um, Alex Ross is uh, just almost four years younger than me. Oh, man. Then you kind of look at that and say, well, what have I done? What have I done? Yeah, exactly. The answer is nothing. Nothing, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Um, How do we get onto this? We were talking about uh, the Torch, Vision. Human Torch. Scarlet yeah. Witch. Marvel's, Mar- uh, we probably talked about this before, but um, I should see if it's on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, the Marvel series is is fun though. It's 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 silly, but it's kind of fun. And if you, if you like pretty art, I mean, Alex Ross is such a great artist. And it's basically seeing the history of the Marvel universe through the eyes, and then I. Mm, that's a funny joke if you read it um, through a photographer, uh, not Peter Parker, but a guy who I think he's a photographer, but he works at a newspaper. And you're basically seeing everything from, I think, from Namor and Human Torch fighting all the way up through through the X Men, through the Avengers. But it's it's an it's a neat point of view because it it is a slightly like fly on the wall thing in that this guy's a journalist like who's seen what happened with the world of the superheroes over time. But it's it's also kind of fun as a seeing it from the perspective of people who are on the streets when all the destruction stuff is happening, mm-hmm. which I always think is an interesting point of view. So um, yeah, Marvels that's really good. Marvels, Marvels, Marvels. Um, I don't know if we can have a very cohesive show today. Um. We should, we'll, we'll do some follow-up? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. Uh, did you get your Hue lights working? There has been some pushback. There's been a little bit of pushback of making... Oh, so push, pushback has been received. Pushback has been received. No, uh, there has been a requested stay on, on making changes right now. Okay. So I have to, I have to be on hold. It's on hold. Too, the project's too, too on soon. hold. Too soon. <laughs> Maybe it's too soon. Mm-hmm. No, comfort lights. Nothing. No, just abrasive uh, overhead lights, full full yeah. brightness all the time. But we did get a salt lamp plugged in salt near the lamp. sink. A salt lamp. Yeah, a salt is it, lamp. Uh, what what is that? It's a lamp that punches you in the face. Oh, and a an assault. Yeah. No, it's it's a it is a orange colored lump of salt, Himalayan salt that has okay. been hollowed out and has a light bulb stuck inside of it. And you plug this into the wall and it, the light turns on and it's supposed to relax you or center you mm. or something like that. And uh, Oh, so it's like a, it's like it's a, a chakra light. kind of thing. Yeah, like I a guess. chakra thing. Just, nice. They, we're selling them at a grocery store that my wife was at and she got one and brought it, brought it back home. Mm. So you didn't so much get a vote in that. I was just there one day. Yeah, and you you couldn't. It's it's not like episodes of Dora on the TiVo. You can't just get rid of it and hope nobody notices. She's finally over the Dora now. Yeah, yeah. That's the funny thing, you know. The the, the kid ponies now. All ponies. They forget. Are you watching My Little Pony? Am I? No, but she is all the time. Has she gotten into Equestria Girls? I'm sure she is. Yeah, she's Mm. off. She's off. The I was really enjoying that when she was watching those two um, 
attractive adult women who dress up as princesses and taste things on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. Yeah, yeah right. she's done with that, which that was something that for the first time in the five years she's been around. I really liked what she was watching, but that's done now. We call that a four quadrant princess. Four quadrant. It's, yeah, it appeals to all the demographics. Oh. People who like to watch people eat, people who like two princesses, you know, working things out. Yeah. Very, very appealing. Um, you know, Equestria Girls uh, has its moments. Some of the songs are really good. They're really, really kicky, and they're, they're greatly expanding the universe. I don't want to spoil it for you, but uh, there's some portal action. And the ponies uh, become like real girls, and they're going to Canterlot in, in, the, in the real world. And then they're fighting, fighting against the other, the, the mean school. And it's kind of like an 80s, uh, like a summer camp kind of thing. But there's lots of, like there's lots of music. Yeah, yeah, you get slobs versus snobs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Meatballs. 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 Well, I'm sorry about your salt light. That sounds... Uh, no, the salt I don't, light's I don't fine. The salt light's fine. But somehow I think that was brought in to stave off the hue light thing. Like that, well, we'll get this for now. Oh, it's a, a line in the uh, salt. I, so, yeah, across which you do not. You do not. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Um... Have you done any, we have a little bit of follow-up from listeners about finding a replacement for Dropbox. Is that anything you've been working uh, any more on? Yeah, there are some people who made some really good suggestions and... Uh, and corrected a couple of misapprehensions that, yes. that we had about this, yeah. Yes, I don't remember any of the corrections offhand, but I remember f- the feeling of being corrected. Well, listener Gary uh, wrote in to say, uh, the two gigabyte, uh, thank you, listener Gary, the two gigabyte limit for the paid box storage tier with uh-huh. 100 gigs of storage refers to the maximum file size for a single file. Right. It's not a limit of how much you can upload or download. So nice clarification from Gary. Good to know. Yeah. He says he uses box extensively. Not yeah. sure if he uses it in the same way. The same client seems to work okay. So that's that's uh, that's good news. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of votes came in for, for box. Um, a lot for other services that seem to have just just started. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> mm. like a startup that's been around for a month or two and TechCrunch has an article on it. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and so that's, but I'm, I'm leery of things like that. I, I wouldn't go with something like that, but I have been trying because it's there and it's built in. I've been trying iCloud the most. Uh, I'm waiting for it to do something that, that really irks me. It does not have any of the collaborative stuff or the sharing stuff. So I'm still using Dropbox, uh, for that right now. Right, right. Um, but the setting the, uh, file permissions to zero, zero, zero took care of that problem with it recreating that quick look extension. Oh, good. So that, that problem is essentially gone, but I still know that it has root privileges and can do things in the background. Um, but it's not enough to make me, to, to make me fully abandon it yet, at least until I have a solution that feels good to me. But the fact that I'm already paying for and getting a lot of storage space with iCloud makes me hesitant to change it, really. Makes me hesitant to say, I'm not going to use this because I've got a ton of storage space there. And I feel like I should I should give it a shot, give it a try. And if it fails, then right. I'll try something else. Well, I, you know, sometimes when I'm uh, in the past, when I've tested out things like this, especially in the time before Dropbox, um, in the dark days before Dropbox yeah. and Dropbox is, I think, arguably one of their premier features. Seems so simple in retrospect, but it's really not, which is that if if Dropbox can't figure out who should win, it saves a couple copies. And you have a, a way to fall back and see, like, oh, should it be this? Should it be that? Right. Like, 
And I think part of the confusion is like if you've got even if yeah, just a text file and you're not sure like who should win, like that gets confusing. You might want to try a little stress test where you have like you're sitting in front of your Mac with a couple other like iOS devices and just for fun, like change the same same file three times right. at the same time and you know see what happens. See what happens. Because I think Dropbox does it by creating and it'll have like the name of the file in parentheses and then the name, copy. Yeah, the name of the machine conflicted copy. And that's useful. Yeah. It's, it's super duper useful. I don't know if this is something that got better in um, Sierra because I'm still on, I guess, LCAP. But um, I mean, just one simple way to start at least trying this is, uh, forgive me because I know most of you are on Sierra, but uh, if you're in the Finder and you go to Go and then iCloud Drive, Command-Shift-I, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. takes you to, this is, no, this, <laughs> this, this uh, to be honest with you, this is one of the small little dumb things that gives me the fear a little bit. So it's got a com- convenient key command. So I say Command-Shift-I. Oh, and that takes me into that folder. And you got this beautiful folder full of like basically all these different apps that will play well with iCloud, right. which is terrific. You know, what doesn't make me feel great is the path slash users slash my name slash library slash mobile documents slash com tilde apple tilde cloud docs. That doesn't feel like something they want me to be using a lot, which may not be the case. And the thing is, something like this has existed on your Mac. Uh, desktop or in, on your Mac in your Mac, you know, library, user library, for a long time. It was it was kind of a secret way to get stuff off of um, GarageBand and stuff like that for a while. But one thing I did as soon as I kind of realized this was here and I could could be using it was I just dragged that folder, that ugly named folder, over into um, the favorites bar because I, I don't think it was in the favorites bar by default. No, it was and, I iCloud Drive is in my favorites bar, but. Not anything else. Yeah. Maybe that's always been there, but I feel like I had to do something to make that go there. I, mean, I could be wrong. But if you, but, um, it, mine is in, like, if I drag, there's a there's a trick. People who use Terminal probably all know, and, oh, we should put into the show notes that um, um, uh, Hockenberry's um, oh. uh, really great, like, Terminal commands that I really like article that he did on Furbo. But um, if you if you have a Finder window open, and then you open a terminal window, you can drag a yeah. file or a folder from the uh, from the finder window right into the terminal window, and it'll it'll put the full path to that file name or or folder uh, right there. And that's super, that's that's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, I use it's that a lot all faster the time. than typing. Yeah, that and the other one is if you're if you've typed something on on a on a line on command line. And you realize that you forgot something or you want to put something at the beginning of a line or you need to go back and edit part of that, hold down option and click the cursor on the character and your cursor will just zoom right back to that uh, that that line that you've typed. Those are the two oh, I use wow. the most. Yeah. That's crazy. If you haven't done that, try that. Like that saves you tons and tons of typing. I will. I just added um September 2014 article by Craig called The Terminal. Yeah. To show notes. Dan, could you tell people where they'd find show notes for oh. episode 297 of your Almost, Back to Work program? Yeah, getting up there to the last one. Yeah, we'll uh, see. Five by five. He'll never, he'll never go past the 300th episode. Never. That's what they said all along. Yeah. Uh, five by five. That, a, <laughs> off by two orders of magnitude. One of the great computer problems. <laughs> and yet we're still not stopping. Yeah, you never know. Five by five. No. Five There's by some five. some on the edge. No, don't let that stop you. <laughs> okay. Five by five dot TV slash B. Two is in the number. W is in ladies slash two nine seven. What are you drinking? 
Oh no, that was just that was just a smacky noise. I had a oh, coffee and another coffee, and I do have a got a got a seltzer here. I have a hmm. Lacroix right here, the coconut. Oh boy, really? It's good. Yeah, it's really good. God, you're falling for big coconut. Mm. Breaks my heart. I brought, I created my first folder in iCloud Drive uh, yesterday. What was it like? It's good. I called it files. <laughs> so when I what do you see in your iCloud Drive? If you just click on that. Solver pages, keynote, I will see workflow, garage band, IA writer, Isn't it yep, just you know cute the, how the how the folder will have a little mini application right icon. Look at that. Look at that little thing. Would you, would you, would you? But there are a lot of things you can't do to those folders. Why are some of them grayed out? Yeah, there will be grayed out folders and there'll be other things. So, for example, I heard huh. you say Solver. Solver, love Solver. So, if you go over Solver and click it and mm-hmm. uh, do Command I to get info on the folder, nothing happens. Same, what? same thing for preview. <gasps> Same thing oh for God. all of the other ones that are the default ones. But if you do that on one that you have created, like I have one in there called Images, and do Command-I over Images, Jiminy. Uh, then it'll, it'll work like a regular folder. So somehow it knows uh, that, yeah. that that folder is somehow magic and special. And so if you drag one of those into your uh, terminal window, uh, it, it has a different name than what appears in the Finder window. So in the, in the Finder window, I might have one here called Text Edit. So to me, it just looks like iCloud Drive in my favorites, and then it says just Text Edit. But if I drag that into the Finder, the real path is Library, you know, Home, Library, Mobile Documents, Com tilde, Apple tilde, Text Edit, slash Documents. Hmm. So there's something something special about that, uh, about these folders and the way that they work that the system knows about. Yeah. And, uh, and... There is not like there's not like a hidden file in there or anything like that that, that tells it. So it's pretty interesting so, what Apple's got going on. And didn't they I mean, am I getting this wrong? They loosened up the sandboxing on iOS a little bit, haven't they? I thought so. But because I feel like now one thing I do constantly is upload audio files. I love this functionality. Thank you so much, Marco. Marco. I'm I'm constantly uploading audio files to Overcast to my little private feed. Cause I'll, I'll need to like within the case of like reconcilable differences, like I listen to the show, got to do the notes, got to pick out titles. Cause you know, John, John doesn't do any of that. No. That was part of the deal. Right. So, um, I go through and I need to do that. And it's so handy to be able to like, you know, Michael say, Hey, you know, here it is on Dropbox. And then, so I go to Marco's, I just go to the, uh, in overcast. It then takes you to, I believe Safari and there's an upload thing. I, I, this is so crazy to me today. This is such a game changer. And then you click that button and it says, do you want to get, get it from Dropbox or do you want to get it from iCloud? And I feel like when I click on iCloud, I didn't get all the folders for all the different things. Like it's not sandbox like, the, like it used to be, right? You can get to stuff in other apps, correct? I think you, you can, yeah. But there, how, do you, how do you do that? Like doesn't it depend on whether the app chooses to let you do that and then you have to give it permission that is a good question i probably i don't don't think you you can't like browse to it i don't think but i could be wrong about that i'm gonna go to overcast you know what i'll do an experiment will you want to talk about something you like oh sure i can definitely tell you about something i like let me tell you about uh tommy john have have you heard about the tommy john they sent me some panties. I totally liked them. You're into the panties? Oh yeah. They I sent me a couple make, things. I wanted to make sure you got the panties. Oh yeah. No, they're 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 uh, luxurious. I like them too. 
I don't know. That's not may not be part of the read, but now I, I really like them. And so Tommy, first of all, I feel, um, I feel, I feel, I feel um, <laughs> taken care of when yeah. I'm wearing those. I feel, I feel <laughs> secure. I feel like they, they know, you know, basically where the, where each book needs to be reshelled, if you know what I mean. Oh, I do know what you mean. You know what I'm I do saying? know what you mean. There's no confusion. You're not going to put your philosophy in your math, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Tell me about tell me tell me about Tommy John. Tommy John is uh, is a company who has a mission, and their mission their mission statement is that they're reinventing men's underwear because you think about it, like. Every guy knows what I'm talking about. You, oh, sometimes you got to fix things. You got to say it out loud. Men, men know. Men you know, know from underwear. Their goal is to make that not a non-issue for you, because they understand that that we we move around in the day, and they want to make it so that you don't find yourself having to go through that rearrangement process all the time. Yeah, it you don't want to have to do, do a manual transmission. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Keep it automatic. Yes, everything should yes. just should just work. So a place for everything and everything in its place. This is what this is what they built. So their their goal is to make uh, shirts that say stuck tucked tucked in, socks that will stay up, and underwear that you know keeps everything in place no matter what you do. And so they've got your uh, your briefs, they got your square cuts, they got your trunks, they got your boxers which is broken down into subcategories of the boxer brief and the boxer shorts. They've got a horizontal fly. They've got super soft uh, waistbands. All of this stuff designed to stay in place, give you the room that you need, no more readjusting. And the undershirts, these are very soft. Did you, did you did get one of those? Did they send you one of those? Jimmy, Christmas. Out? I feel like an athlete super in that soft. thing. Form-fitting. It's- I, my my torso is about at its greatest extended height. My my torso is is, is about fourteen inches. I have a very small torso. <laughs> fourteen and, inches. Uh, well, I mean, it's not exact, but I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just to reckon. But you, you tuck that thing in; it's good and tucked, and it's a it's a nice. I don't want to say a snug fit, but I would say it's a tailored, almost may I say, European fit, uh, mm-hmm. which I like. If you're wearing a shirt, like, see, I usually, I usually dress like somebody threw a goodwill at me without regard to what size oh. it is. And so my, my, I'm always wearing floppy clothes that are too big. And sometimes I want to wear something a little smaller, something a little more fitted. And it's really nice to wear under like a dress shirt. Sort of like but you're saying your, your natural state is sort of all mismatched and, and different sizes, like a, young, like a young Severus Snape. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yes, yes, yes. It's like somebody took the lost and found box <laughs> at our school and just uh, shot it out of a t-shirt can <laughs> and at me. threw it at you, yeah. I'm dressed now. Well, they they have a lot of belief in their uh, in their in their socks and their underwear and their t shirts, and they want you to try it. And so they're doing a couple of things. They've got a thing uh, called best pair guarantee. If the underwear that they send you isn't the best you've ever worn, then it's on them. You keep it. They, you just keep it. You keep it. They're sorry, but they, that's how confident they are. And uh, and they're giving you free shipping in the continental. U.S. for all orders over 50 bucks, and for listeners of this program, for your first purchase, you will receive on your deathbed 20% mm-hmm. off your first purchase. So you if got that you, going for you. You got that going for you. If you go to tommyjohn.com slash back to work, enter the promo code back to work at checkout, 20% off. So thanks very much to Tommy John. And uh, I wore mine the other day. I, I should have planned it because I, I was... Uh, 
I was thrown off this week. I've been all, all thrown off this week. I was going to try and yeah. wear them during the show mm-hmm. so I could kind of check in throughout the show and tell you if any adjustments were needed, but I can save you the trouble. None were. None, none, none adjustments. None. You know, because men know. Mm-hmm. Men understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I like mine a lot. I, 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 can, I can recommend these underpants, especially in these trying times. You really want to know where you stand. Our thanks to Tommy John for Thank supporting you. 5x5 and back to work. Bok, bok. There you go. Mm. They're not related to Tommy Bahama, right? Different. I've encountered Tommy Bahama things in my life, and I have to tell you I'm very confused about what they essentially do. Why is that? Well, in my head, I think of Tommy Bahama as being kind of like a Kmart version of Jimmy Buffett. No mm. offense. Okay. I, I don't know. But then at one point we need to get some chairs to take to the beach and far and away, the best ones we could find were made by the to- Tommy Bahama company. Okay. So what, if you had to say, what does Tommy Bahama do? Is there a titular Tommy Bahama? No, there is a, there is a Tom uh, in the Tommy Johns. Is that right? Yeah. There's a real guy there. There's a real Tom, real John. Tommy Bahama. You're, you're I looking think it up, the, aren't you? No, I'm imagining okay. the style of clothing. To me, it's not. I'm going to say it's sport, sport clothing, sporting sports clothing. I think of it as somewhere between Tommy Chong <laughs> and your local director of sales. Okay, they're the. Um, now I am going to look it up. All right, me too. Sportswear, sportswear, sportswear. And it's got the hammer. big sailfish, a uh, sailfin, fish, fish fin. Oh, it's a, what is it, swordfish. Swordfish. Swordfish? Well, these guys look relaxed. What's the difference between a sailfish and a swordfish? Sailfish and a swordfish. I, you know what? I, I understand oh, here today. Uh, sailfish is the genus uh, Istophorus <sighs> of billfish. Oh, Istophorus. Yeah. You know what? I'm always confusing my fish. This is a gorgeous huh. fish. Yeah. They used to have one of these up in the McDonald's in the boat in Boca. They used to have one up on a wall. Oh, nice. Hmm. <sighs> hmm. Um, related to the earlier discussion, listener. Listener Mark uh, sent us something I have not tried, but you might want to check out. He sent me a link to a GitHub site for something that lets you do something like selective sync for iCloud Drive. I would say test that very thoroughly before you put it into production, yeah. but yeah, that's a thing you can do. If you don't want to have, like if you're on your, uh, on your little uh, MacBook Precious and uh, you only have a tiny little bit of space, you may not want all your uh, public domain TV shows on there. Okay, so a, a swordfish doesn't have that big fin across the top. It's only got the sword face. It's just got the sword face, but the, the Isotophorus mm. platypertorus mm. is the sailfish, so it's got the sail. That's and what sun, you want. Sun, sunfish is the ugly one, right? Not ugly. Oh Sorry, yeah, no, it's term. it's chubby and it's got the the. Oh. It looks like a like a kid's drawing of a fish. Uh, okay, like a, like in kids can't. Like draw. if you take your hand and you hold it out in front of you, and yeah. you stick your pinky down toward the ground and your thumb up toward the sky. Oh, you make a little bit of a shaka bra. You do like a hang loose. Like if you do if you do sort of like three fingers in and you extend like you're almost like you're talking on a fake phone. Yeah. Yep. You trace trace that and you got a sunfish. Yeah. Looks like it's got invaginations. It's got little grooves what? in it. What? Yeah. Oh, look at that skeleton. That's a nice skeleton. Thank you. I am learning about fish I mean, I'm today. I'm thin, but I'm not that thin. Yeah. I haven't been eating. 
Uh, haven't been eating. No, I gotta eat, I gotta eat more. I, I've been eating one meal a day at night, and that's about it. Why? Just you know, I'm just So you can't? Uh, you just can't? I I suppose I could. I have an Altoid. That's not good but, for you. Altoids? No, not eating. Oh no! I think the jury's still out on if Altoids are good. I'm gonna start on jury duty. Yeah, so what happened? People were very upset that we didn't record on Tuesday. And were they? Yes. Mm. I get all the emails. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you that gets I'm those. Your, I'm your handler. Please mm. tell... Most emails start with... Most please of the emails Merlin. I get, please tell Merlin. <laughs> please tell Merlin I sent him something to give John. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I sent it to you, Dan, so please package it up and send it to Merlin for me. Dear Dan, just circling back... Did you get my email about the thing I sent to Merlin for John? Right. It's really big. <laughs> right. Hopefully um, the postage will not cost you too much. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I almost had jury duty. I mean, I had jury duty. I had, I had, I had, so I, I had again, I've never call. done this. What is the process of it? You have to go down there to see if you might be on a jury. Then, I was on another program this week that I will talk about in a little bit, but um, just to say that I very narrowly avoided getting seated on an attempted murder trial mm. that would have gone into January. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, but in terms of follow-up, I've been talking about this everywhere. Forgive me, this is the fourth podcast I've discussed this on, at least. Um, I just discovered, turns out, on Tuesday, which is also voting day, when I had jury duty, that was a hell of a day. Um, now, I discovered that, um, without going into too much triangulation, um, it, I'm probably registered as a potential juror at two different addresses. Really? Which may explain why I keep getting juried. You have doubled your own chances of getting juried. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, W choices, as Aaron Burr says. I, I was just talking to one of my friends about why you keep getting called. <laughs> yeah, I think it's become kind of a running joke. Yeah, but I, that makes sense. Yeah. Are well, you in the same county or in different counties? Couldn't say. Couldn't say. Wow. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I put an interesting, uh, interesting to me link in notes. And I, I, I <laughs> after watching this video, I'm very scared to even talk about it. But I would just say there's a, a link in notes to a video by the wonderful CGP Grey called The Law You Won't Be Told that is very interesting to watch. I will tell you, I am not sure that I would invoke my knowledge now of this law in a given situation, but if you're interested in things regarding the jury system, you should watch the CGP Grey video called The Law You Won't Be Told. It's very interesting. Okay. And I, I, asked, I, asked, I asked the titular Grey about this. I was like, uh, so here's the deal. I'm not saying you should do this because I could get in trouble for saying you should do this. There is an extra legal, there's something outside of the actual law that involves how the jury or you know, people on the jury can make a decision about what to do if somebody's found guilty of something and they might decide that that person should not have a punishment as a result. And there's this thing you can Google called jury nullification, which yep. is a very interesting idea. Yep, I've studied it at great length. Well, Gray says that he's never talked to potential jurors about this, but he has, I guess, and maybe in researching this video, has talked to uh, jurists. He's talked to lawyers and judges about this. Mm -hmm. 
And basically, if anybody came in and uh, said the magic word, they would basically just send them home. Right. I'm not saying I want to do that because that's not, I'm not here to do that. But it was very, very interesting. And friend of the show, Marco, apparently, according to his, his lady friend, Tiff, uh, one time he just said, I don't believe in systems. And they're like, okay, thank you for your time. Right. I mean, they, they, um, but I do. I the, the thing is, I I think I, I'm learning more. I've got several YouTube videos about this. I'm going to watch because I want to learn more about what it means. But I do believe in the system. I think mostly. I I don't know. But anyway, go ahead. Why do you say something like that when you get called? Uh, no. You know, I haven't. I have not had to yet. The one time that I was called was um was oh maybe about a year ago. And um, that I was not, uh, I didn't have to go through the, the process at all because I was taking my kid back and forth to school and, and they said, if you're not available to come in, just put that you're not available. I'm like, really? And they said, yeah. So I called them and asked them and they said, yeah, that's fine. Just, so they were very cool about it. Yeah, that's um, but he was kind like, of a, ver- a version of that is what happened with me. Then I, I can't believe they said, okay. But jury nullification, usually- Merlin, is that is a big, that is a big thing. And and I want to hear your story, but just I, before we no, move no, on ahead. from, I'm not going to talk about jury nullification, but you can. Uh, well, I mean, it's, Gray, Gray makes it sound like something where, like, here, here's the thing: you don't want to be sitting in the room where they're about to pick jurors and go, "Hey, everybody here, I want to introduce you to this idea that you may not have heard about," because apparently that could get you in a lot of trouble. What what trouble can it get you in? Watch the video. All right. I don't want to get in trouble for getting in trouble. But no, I mean, it's something, anyway, I, I don't want to try to paraphrase it because he does a nice job with it. Um, but no, go ahead. So what were you going to say? I, I've always been told, okay, so my understanding of jury nullification is that you can, um, that this is this is some built-in, like, fail-safe. So that if you believe, if you as an individual person are on a jury and you believe that, that the law or whatever is is involved here, some precedent or whatever that's been said. If you believe that that's wrong, you can say, I, I, I may have this way off, but you can basically say, I think that this law is messed up and I don't agree with the law and I don't think that this person should be breaking, I don't think they're breaking the law because the law is wrong. And... In essence, and if you and if you if you seat me here, I just need to let you know that I am aware, I am aware of a juror's ability to nullify, if in effect, the law, essentially, essentially, yeah. And um, and if you're if you're, I'm, this is not advice. Oh no, my no, God, not this advice. Is so not advice. not advice. But if this is something you're considering, I would so say go do your due diligence, decide if it comports with your thoughts and values, and if you're going to do anything like this, you need to do it with. Like go and speak privately with the judge. Right, right, right. You, know, you don't want to be an hero in the courtroom when you do this because that could really cause some problems. I need to watch a video because I did. I don't know about any of those problems at all. Um, but I, one of the things that I read about it said simply that if if when you're asked about it, if the comments that you make indicate that you understand about jury nullification and that this is something that you consider it your own personal. Um, rights to maybe that this is an opportunity you've always been looking for to maybe rewrite some of the laws of this country. Yeah. And great, great uses a couple really good maybe examples of you, it. They won't pick you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 
I mean, if you're not looking at CGP Gray's videos, you're not wired right. His videos are so, so very good. Um, he doesn't need me to say that, but I mean, he's very, a very popular guy. Um, his videos are very popular because he's really quite good. But um, the, the example he gives is, and on the one hand, talking about the Fugitive Slave Act, um, juries in the North would refuse to basically, I think, refused, I don't know if they would refuse to convict or refuse to punish, um, basically, escaped slaves. Mm. But on the other hand, some, according to him, some juries in the South would refuse to punish lynch mobs on the same principle. Interesting. So, you know, this is a pretty sharp blade you're tossing in the air here. I would be real sure you understand what the implications are. Yeah. I, I just, I want to learn more about it because I think it's a really interesting idea. It feels like a, like a Mack truck size loophole in the system that, um, I'm not sure is such a great thing. But anyway, go learn more about it. That was very interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it's, 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 you feel like such a whiner, but to be just to say like, this is so disruptive. Like I want to help. I want to be good. And yeah. I, I don't want it to just be like retirees with nothing to do as the stereotype tells us, yeah. but like, eh. but anyway. you know, there, I think there are a lot of people out there who, who are not really thrilled with their job and they're, they're just kind of, they're go to work every day and do the same thing every day. And if you told them that, you know, that they could take a, a few days to a few weeks. And sometimes I guess like you were saying a couple months or more, but th th that wouldn't be a big deal to them. It wouldn't be a big difference to them. You've got, if you've got a government job you don't love, yeah. you mostly have for benefits and retirement. Right. And the courthouse is actually closer to your house than your job. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's something kind of appealing about that. I remember do you, you watched, I believe we talked about it. You watched the OJ Simpson, um, American Crime Story. I watched both of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh yeah, the, the other one was great too. Um, They're both really good. They, and that, did, was know, that ESPN that did the the other one. ESPN did the um, did the sort of documentary right. one, and then what? Same people somebody. do American Horror Story, I think. Yeah, did the one with um, Sarah Paulson and yeah. uh, John Travolta and everybody. I remembered when they were showing about the people when they were picking the jury. I was fascinated by by how they were not just how they were picking the jury, but also that there were people who, you know, really, really wanted to be a part of that. And they had to weed out people who just, just wanted to just like hang out and see what was going on with OJ, you know, and like that they had Absolutely. to, they had to actually find people who were, who were really interested in the legal process. And it's, um, it's a fascinating thing, but I really, I think that, that it, it's so disruptive. Like you're saying that it's, it's magic. That was one of my favorite. That was actually one of my favorite episodes. I don't know which one it was. It was kind of near the middle, not maybe just a little past the middle right. of the series, but it was the one that was basically all about the jury, where it was like just showing what their life was like right. while this was going on for months right. and months. Right, while they're in months. like the hotel rooms and they can't communicate about <sighs> the, they can't talk to each other about the trial. They can't read the paper. They can't watch TV. They're, I mean, it's, it's, so it how is that the way it is with the, with the, with the regular jury trial? Like if you, it not not a murder one, but like if you, you know, I don't know what what it would be like. Some somebody was f caught, you know, they thought they were shoplifting a, a, you know, something from a convenience store. Would you still be sequestered the same way, or was it only because only for like big trials or murder trials where you get where you have to like be in a hotel and you can't talk to anyone? I don't know. I think it probably varies. I can just speculate, and it's pure speculation. But I think it has to do with on the one hand. Um, I suspect that if it's a high profile trial about which a lot has been said and will be said, it's going to be heavily reported, you would sequester the jury so that they don't have exposure to that. Then there's other kinds of things like maybe a mob trial where mm. you want to try and protect the, um, 
you know, the identity and access to uh, identity of an access to the jury. I, I don't know. I don't know. CGP Grey, though, he does, uh, he did the video. I think his best known, most watched video is his one about the British Isles. Mm -hmm. Like, what's mm -hmm. the British Isles? What is the UK? What is England? What is Britain? Which is so, it's for a first video, especially, it's awfully, awfully good. But even like his stuff about Lord of the Rings, I mean, I, Contrary to my prior statement, I don't know F all about Lord of the Rings, hardly at all. But his explanation of the Lord of the Rings cosmology was so good. Anyway, yeah, CGP Grey, that's something I like. Yeah. Let's see what else we got. For, I don't think we have too much other follow-up. No, not really. Not really. Mm. You want to tell me about, uh, is there a second thing you want to tell me yeah, about that you yeah. like? Yeah, I can tell you about our friends over at Squarespace. Squarespace! Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Squarespace. <laughs> that was that was your cue. That was your big Sorry, cue. I was your big... on the job. I was reading about this goddamn sunfish. <laughs> well, oh, you're gonna... it's, it's, it's uh, vulnerable. It's a vulnerable fish. Well, that's <laughs> that's it's that's a uh... new indie rock band. We got to stop overfishing them, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> Core talking points for Squarespace. Or sites look professional. That's the number one thing. They've got so many templates. And they are adding more all the time. So if the last time you looked at Squarespace was six months ago, come on back and look at it again. They're always coming out with new designs. And I was listening to uh, I was listening to a couple of people talk in a coffee shop recently, and the one of them was talking to the other one. Oh, you know, now we have to go build a website. And like, did you hire anyone to? Do? Yeah, we hired this company to do it. I'm thinking like I I don't like butt in, you know, but like you almost kind of want to be like for like eight bucks a month. You could well, get, they don't. I don't think they obviate the need for a professional develop, development team for certain kinds of things. Like if you're if you're going to make a very specific kind of site that does a specific kind of thing that's for your business, my God, of course you need a team. But but most let's people be honest, don't need that. Folks like well, but yeah, exactly. Folks like you and me, the kind of sites we used to make, my gosh, Squarespace is going to do that so much better than we would have done. I mean, you're not going to get a like a social wine network right straight out of the box, <laughs> but. Um, but, you know, if you're not somebody who really wants to be learning this as part of your process, I mean, my gosh, could you ever imagine going out and building your own word processor? It's like, well, I got all this, I got all these letters I need to write. So uh, I'm going to go build my own word processor. And you know what? I got time. I'm going to learn how to make a spreadsheet program too. It's like, no, you've got stuff to do inside of those programs. That's the work that you need to do. Why not find somebody who can do that part for you? There you go. Why would you, why would you want to get into that business if somebody else is already doing it better today? And that's, that's pretty much Squarespace in a nutshell. Super easy to use. They're giving you a free domain if you sign up for a year. And go check these templates out. You'd be shocked at how different the sites that you can create with Squarespace look from one another just based on the template that you pick and on these tons and tons of little dials and knobs that you can tweak to make the template your own to make it that your site does not look like any other website let alone any other squarespace website out there just and, today this very day they introduced two new templates this oh morning. yeah i haven't checked them out they're uh they call them interactive portfolio templates and if you want to get a visual design in front of people Oh my God, these are dynamite, gorgeous, giant images and beautiful typography. The kind of thing you used to have to go and uh, make a JSON for. You don't have to do that anymore. Not, not anymore. Don't have to make a JSON. Sorry about that. It was my phone. Was that EDM? No, it's the, um, 
Y'all ready for this? Oh, it does, does sound like that. No, it's it's the ridiculous one with all the little birds. Hold on, let me let me play it for you. Oh, does ridiculous. your phone ever do a thing where you uh you the screen just stops responding? Yes. Okay. Maybe it's a software bug. Might be my hands. You think it's hands? Mm-hmm. All right. The ringtone is called Summit. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's my Pat Oswalt ringtone. Oh, nice. I still, got, I, still, I still got Perry on here. How's that's, that? That's, that's slightly horrible, Dan. A little bird going Unacceptable! in there. Unacceptable! <laughs> so, go to squarespace.com slash back to work and use the code It's Your Show to get 10% off your first purchase. And that's right. They look good on every device. You can go to that URL on any device. And if it's not right for you, please tell your friends. It might be right for you, but it's probably right for someone you know. I like to offer this little tip sometimes because I know people, some people, the animals out there get tired of hearing a message. But um, I can pretty much guarantee you there's someone in your life that could really benefit from this service. And I have helped so many people not have to learn how to be a webmaster in the 2000 teens by pointing them to Squarespace. I, I use it. I rely on this company. And uh, it's, a, it's a great service that I can highly recommend. Squarespace! Squarespace! I'm going to mention this. Um, um, we, You and I texted a little before the show and decided we don't want to talk so much about the election right now. Maybe later. Who knows? That's not really what the show's about. It's certainly a grace note for everybody's life right now. Um, I'm going to promote something that I did that I'm um, unexpectedly uh, happy, sad about, which is a show I did with John Gruber on his program, The Talk Show, where we talked about uh, our how we feel about what happened with the election right. on uh, on Tuesday. So that is in show notes. It's available on his website, Daring Fireball. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, if, if you want to hear at least what I had to say... Um, and uh, you like hearing me maybe cry a little bit. That's <laughs> that's where you can go for that. And I am winded. I can't talk about it too much more right now. <laughs> well, I, de- I definitely won't make you. Oh, you know, I, I can do it. No, you know? no, no. Um, boy, they got so, it looks like mojitos on this website. I'm looking at the Squarespace. Uh, it looks like they got some mojitos here. The, hmm. the, uh, the drink? Yeah, you know, here's the thing about a mojito. Everybody likes a mojito. But, you know, just... Keep in mind, the, the, the rule generally at most places is the bartender will make you whatever you ask for. That's what they're there for. But listen, if there's a long line, maybe don't ask for four mojitos. Can you do it for me? If there's one line, if there's one bartender, you know, go easy on the mojitos. Can you get something else? Because a mojito is an investment. It takes time. It takes craftspersonship. And all those people behind you that, 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 that just want to get their shot of Fernet Branca is going to have to wait. <laughs> For for this person to to make this uh, this kind of uh, pyramids of Giza out oh, of uh, sort of smashing mint around like an animal. There's I don't no know. Way what, to do you, speed what do you that up? What do you what do you what do you want to do? What do, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What would what do you think would would help people? I don't know. I feel I feel kind of I don't. The, I, I, if it's not apparent from from some of the history of the show, I'm a little burned out on tips and tricks as a thing. Mm. Except when you know, if we do a special episode, that's always fun. I'm just I don't know if I'm up for too much um, productivity today. But um, we could, we certainly could. We could talk about the keyboards, talk about key travel, escape keys. I mean, we talk I think about. It, you I know. think it would be fun for us to do a very quick round robin about things that make us happy. 
Is that silly? No, not at all. I think it's a great idea. Do we I haven't really prepared for it? I was going to say, yeah. I haven't prepared at all. Yeah. Hmm. You want me to take a couple hours and come back? Yeah, let's do it. Because, I mean, what, well, maybe if you start, I could, like, build on that. Well, um, it seems to me that, I mean, it's, I don't really have an exact forum for talking about like we talk about comics sometimes on here. We talk about the walking dead sometimes much people chagrin on, um, reconcilable differences. John Roderick and I sometimes talk about music. You know, I don't, uh, it's funny because in each instance, I'm sure all of those things annoy somebody, uh, who otherwise likes the show. But, um, I don't know this particular week, it might be fun to talk about stuff that makes us happy or things that we appreciate, mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of a kind of tumultuous time for everybody. Um, certainly a lot of frayed nerves and a lot of excitable feelings. I thought it might be nice to talk about a few things, maybe some TV shows that we're enjoying. Mm-hmm. It could just be a YouTube video. It could be a Tumblr. All right. Uh, maybe some ideas for music we've discovered recently or podcasts. Okay. I have lots of those I could recommend. And if you want, I'd be happy to do a few while you think about it. Uh, or, uh, yeah, just come up with a couple. Sure. I got yeah. some. I got some. Things. Okay. You go first. <laughs> well, if you want to, if you want to do TV shows, I have been, um, I've been binge watching a TV show. Yeah. And I think I told you about it and I hate, I really try not to like repeat stuff too much because it's easy to do that. Everybody, every day somebody's born who's never, never never heard heard which TV shows you're watching. Well, uh, I was looking for a new show to watch and I, I asked Twitter and I said, Hey, recommend something for me. What do you, what do y'all like? And I, did my best to keep a tally of things. And the one show that was recommended more than any other show when I asked for that was the show called The Good Wife. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen this show? No, no. I hear great things, though. I didn't think that it would be a show that I would like because it doesn't I feel like, yeah, it's on CBS. Yeah. It so, feels like one of those kind of like a fluffy, mm-hmm. you know, political drama and like insubstantial. But I've heard that's actually not accurate. Yeah, it's not. It's 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 a really great show. And the um, actors on the show are just great. The writing is fun. Uh, things happen that are interesting and unexpected. And it's a um, it's a it's a story about. Not just the main character, uh, Alicia Floric, who's played by uh, the wonderful Juliana Margulies, uh, who's just, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's got aspects of her and, and her, um, in her work life where she's a, a lawyer. So you have the cases that she does, you have the other attorneys that she works with, you have some of the office dynamics. You also get her personal life. You get her husband's um, sort of run for office and things like that. You get all of these different characters and, um, and they're very good. They're very interesting. And seeing these very different characters play off of one another is, is very interesting. And it's on um, the best way um, to, to watch it. I think right now is on Hulu where they've got all, I think it's seven seasons Oh, um, fantastic. And they're all there. So it's hundreds and hundreds of episodes and it's very, very easy to binge watch them. Another big plus to make binge watching easy is the intro. It almost all, I think it always starts with the cold open and the intro sequence is only about five seconds long. <laughs> uh, it's just sort of it's not just, one of those HBO openings. No. no. So it just shows, right. It just shows like a, a picture of her face with the, with the words good wife and then it's done. It, you're out. 
So it's super easy to binge watch. And I've just been having the greatest time watching this this show and I never would have expected it. And it's just really fun. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm starting to get worried cause I'm down to like the last 30 some episodes. I don't know. I don't know what comes next. So help me out everyone. I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. Tell me what, what we should watch next. Good one. Put that one in notes. Maybe you can find it on Hulu. I put in a couple little links. Um, I am, this is a toss up for me. I think the the show that I've really, really discovered, this is going to be so obvious to anybody, any of the 10 people who follow me on Twitter, but the, um, the, the, the show that I, my family and I have discovered or rediscovered or whatever you want to call it in the last year or two that has utterly consumed our life is Parks and Recreation. Mm. Parks and Recreation was on NBC starting, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know why. I think we even probably still had the TiVo then. We probably still had regular TV that we were watching at that time. But it didn't grab me. It, you know, so like to me, like the British office spawned the American office, mm-hmm. which had its moments. You know, the the British office is special to me. Don't at me. And then Parks and Recreation came along and it kind of felt like, oh, it's it seems like a really cute offshoot of the office. Right. And the first episode, nay, the first season of Parks and Recreation is good. It's mostly good. I cannot tell you exactly. I mean, I, I have opinions on this. I can tell you where I would start watching the show. I've argued with many of my Parks and Rec friends about this. I think you could do well to start Parks and Recreation. I mean, obviously, you're going to get the most out of it if you see it from the beginning. There's there's one super annoying character that leaves after the second season. But I would say start with an episode called called uh, Greg Pachitis from season two of Parks and Recreation. You could start earlier. I wouldn't start too much later because that's when a couple important characters get introduced and the show utterly changes. But Parks and Recreation, so yeah, I would start with Greg Bakaitis. If you hate that, this may not be your show, but give give it a few tries. It It is a little bit of a, a slow burn to get going with because it, it's it's kind of silly at times. But that show, uh, again, like those other pr- programs I mentioned, very character driven. The, the story is there. The plot is there. It's a fairly large cast, but all of the characters are so richly drawn and they all have wonderful foibles. We might remember this, I think, in some ways as the last great, I don't know if there'll be others, but like the last great workplace situation comedy mm-hmm. in the in the, okay. in the style of like, you know, Cheers or Sergeant Bilko or whatever. Beautifully uh, drawn characters. And I have to tell you, in a way that will seem very surprising to you when you first watch this, this show will hit you in the heart. Not, not, not in strictly sentimental ways, but it's, it can be a very, very sweet show to... Uh, in a way that sometimes can be really nice. And it is our comfort food show. We watch it over and over. And by the time you get to the end of the sixth season, you're just like, oh my God, this is such a good show. And then they do the craziest thing, which is they come back and do a seventh season of the show that takes place two years in the future Hmm. from when the show ended. And it's utterly satisfying, total fan service. Um, So my first recommendation would be the TV show Parks and Recreation, which is available on Netflix. I don't want to monopolize it. My other pick, you made me think a good wife. You know, go watch Veep. Mike. You know I what? I've never Veep. seen that show. I got so tired of hearing about Veep because it's one of those things like Modern Family where you're like, okay, it won the Emmys again. Like, I'm so sick of this. Can't anything else win? But Veep is, I'm just tossing this out, Veep available on HBO, is incredibly funny and dark and profane. Mm. The language they use on there is just horrible. Now I'm into it. Oh my God. But it's- I'm the, starting the that next then. That's what I'll do if, after if you like. Life. 
Well, if you enjoy stuff like I want to say, if you enjoy stuff like Arrested Development, if you're a fan of British comedy, you're going to love this because Armando Iannucci was one of the um, one of the folks who started the show. So if you enjoy any of the stuff that he did, including the thick of it, uh, all the stuff he did with Chris Morris on British comedies, um, his wonderful radio shows, and he ran the show, I think, until the last season, but which is a great last season. But yeah, check out Veep. It's uh, even in this fraught political season. Uh, it it will it will you will binge this thing so effing hard because um, it feels like the the twenty five minutes or whatever go by so fast. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like uh, yeah, I, I recommend those two. Uh, that'll get you started. Okay, what are you reading? TV. Uh, I need to read more. Reading, I've gone back to trying to, to finish. Oh gosh, yes. You know what? That's a really good idea. That's a very good idea. I will tell you something I'm reading to my daughter. Boy, I, I'm starting typing louder, haven't I? I like it. It's back to the old days. Um, as a kid, I was weird. And uh, <laughs> shall I go here? Yes. As a kid, I was weird. Uh, and uh, you, ever, you ever get like hand-me-down books from people and you get all these weird books and like 90% of them, you're like, well, I had like fourth grade science textbook. Why would I have this? And like all these weird things. I remember one of the things I got in there was a collection of, I want to say it was maybe Random House, but it was a selection of funny, mostly funny and silly stories and essays for kids edited by Bennett Cerf. I think it was called House Full of Laughter or something like that. And I remember reading a story in there by James Thurber called The Night the Bed Fell. And at some point, like a year ago, out of nowhere, I read my daughter, The Night the Bed Fell. And The Night the Bed Fell comes from uh, something that Thurber put out in the 30s called My Life in Hard Times. And it's basically just a handful of stories in the wonderful James Thurber style from him growing up in Columbus um, in basically like the 19-teens or like the turn of the century. This is not for everybody. My daughter loves these stories. That's cool. And so... Mom usually does night, you know, bedtime reading, usually reading, you know, like a Harry Potter or some kind of fantasy book. But sometimes I'll go in and we'll read five or six of the stories from My Life in Hard Times. There is, in fact, a fairly reasonably priced uh, James Thurber. I don't know if it's collected. I don't know if it's complete, but um, I would say go pick yourself up some James Thurber because he's a very, very funny writer and such a God, I hate the word wordsmith. He's such a careful writer. And um, I think, you know, He's one of those folks that's up there with like, you know, he was one of those uh, New Yorker guys. Like he was one of the original great New Yorker writers and uh, mostly family friendly, friendly, mostly sometimes a little bit of its time from a political standpoint. Some of the depictions of characters are a little bit problematic, <laughs> but um, I would suggest uh, go out and find some James Thurber and see if your kid likes it and, and read it and read it, read it fast and funny because it's uh, it's fun to read. So James Thurber, that's my pick. I like that. Well, I don't... I raised a kid who likes James Thurber. How weird pretty, is that? It's pretty interesting. Pretty, pretty. Pretty interesting. We, what are you reading? Well, kid? we are on like the second to last or maybe third to last chapter of the last Harry Potter book. Deathly Hallows. Yes, the Deathly Hallows. And we are, um, we are going to be finishing it tonight. Oh my gosh. And I am very excited because we've been really wanting to finish it. And now I'm don't want to finish it because I have nothing else after this to read. And I know that it's like the ending of a chapter because we've been reading these books every night for however long it takes to read all the books. It feels, they get, it feels they like they a get long really time. Really big, really big. Yeah. 
and it's been a long time every night harry potter harry potter and uh so we're going to watch the two movies this weekend that go along with the deathly hallows book and then oh god uh, really yeah has he seen it before yeah all, all up in, except to those two whoa yeah he he watches all of them. he's almost nine yeah there's no cursing it's- yeah, it gets pretty dark. Well, I mean, start really, I guess, starting with um, Goblet of Fire, but boy, those movies get dark. They do, but they're wonderful. They're great movies uh, once you oh, get yeah. into the later ones, especially. The, we the did f- the last two. We've seen the last two many times, but we did it in a marathon um, on like one of our Jubilee days a couple weeks ago, and it was it was great. I, I, some people have a, I understand why people have a beef with those movies, but as somebody who mainly came to the books through the movies, like I thought they were great. Me too. I came the same way. I've never read Neville, the books. Neville, man. Freaking Neville. How great is Neville? He's great. So, uh, so we're about to finish that. And I mean, I, I would recommend, I'm like a broken record, but I think they're great books. I haven't had that much fun and that much interest reading uh, books for a very long time. And maybe it was when I was a kid reading the Narnia books, you know, I don't know, but these were just fun and you, you look forward to reading them. You wonder what's going to happen. They're fascinating and interesting, but, and, and so well-written, but you don't, you don't find yourself stressing. I didn't find myself stressing out about them when I wasn't reading them. Um, you know, like, Oh my, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Like you think, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen, but it's light enough that you're not, sucked into it in, in a, in a bad way. Um, so I yeah. still recommend any, I mean, start at the beginning and read them. And if you're an adult and you've never read them or you've just seen the movies, like they're not, they're not for kids. They're in not my, kids books. The yeah. first book I feel like it is, it is not, it's not a kid's book, but if you start reading it and you think to yourself, yeah, it's a little, maybe a little, eh, not not too complex of a book. You're right, but yeah. once you get into the second and then the third books, it, everything changes, and it's absolutely <laughs> absolutely worth it, and, and it's a great journey. So I recommend them. I got a movie for you, Merlin. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, have you, you like seen it? it? Uh huh. I loved that movie. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought the effects were great. I love, but see, I'm, I'm messed up because I've always liked Dr. Strange. He's been, I love Dr. Strange. I liked a lot about that movie a lot. And then there were parts of it that I was just like, ah, if you could just done a little better on this part, this would have been the best Marvel movie ever. But like the visually Cumberbatch's performance, Mm -hmm. there's just a lot about it to love. It's, it's visually stunning. This is one of those rare ones where I would say, see this one on a big screen. Oh, you know, and I'm, I'm all, I won't go so far as to say I'm anti big screen, but it takes a lot to get me to a movie theater uh, and, and to, this is one you must, you must see on a big screen. It's, it's a big movie and it's fun. And I can, I was saying to a friend of mine today, I know that I liked it or that it was a good movie because I find myself thinking about it a lot. Oh yeah. And as much fun as I had on like the latest civil war movie, I have not really thought about that movie at all since it was done. And when I'm watching it, I enjoy it. And then when it's done, I yep. don't think about it anymore. Um, but Doctor Strange, very much like Guardians of the Galaxy, I find I think about them a lot uh, later on. And that to me is a sign of a good movie where you're, where a week oh, that, later you're still thinking yeah. about it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good. That's a, that's a good pick. It was, um, yeah, I like a lot. I don't want to say anything against it. I, I, I think it had some tone problems and I think it had some story 
Um, I think it had trouble sometimes deciding which movie it wanted to be. And it really, it Meaning felt like, like, did it want to be an action movie or did it want to be a, well, like right when we get to these like amazing emotional, like, yes, scenes, then it would be 10 minutes of them talking to each other about what to do next. <laughs> like right after the Cape first comes yeah, on the scene yep. and he goes into the air and you're like, Oh my God, that was yes, great. Boner. This is the best. Yeah. And it's like, well, what should we do now? Should we go to a different portal? What should it's like, Oh man, but no, but it was really good. I was worried, you know, cause a lot of these movies, they can, they tend to be a little violent or they tend to be a little mature. Um, this one was fine. My almost nine year old son, uh, saw it and there was nothing. There was one, one very brief kiss in the movie, uh, and well, it's also, it has like so many, like so many of the Marvel movies I love, sometimes they really want to make a big statement in the beginning. Like when we watch X-Men first class, we always skip over Auschwitz title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> cause that's just, it's too much. The extended version of, you know, little Eric in Auschwitz is just too much. And we skip over that. And I could have done without the particular piece of violence at the beginning of this one, like the, at the very beginning, yeah. when I show up at the library. Yeah. It's like, oh, really? Did we have to do that to start the movie? Mm. And because also, there were some R-rated trailers in the movie theater, which kind of pissed me off. Oh, really? We saw a camel toe on the screen. What Not for? Loving what movie? that? Oh, camel toe. That's a movie. The Revenge of the Nerds. No, um, I don't remember what it was. But uh, no, I, I, I can. So I, I mean, it there. You don't. At, you guys need to get the Alamo Draft House. It's the best, and they don't. I think do we anything. got one now. We got one in the mission. Oh, cool. Um, but, uh, no, I can totally recommend it. That's a, that's a really good pick. Well, I'll give you a T. Can I, uh, fi- fire back with a TV show? Yeah, go ahead. Call her. Thank you. Uh, first time, uh, Cumberbatcher, uh, boy, <laughs> if you like that, uh, lizard guy, if you like him, um, you gotta watch Sherlock. Uh, Sherlock is, is super interesting. It's basically, uh, it's Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis, who many of you will know from Dr. Who, New Who, um, doing, uh, an updated version of Sherlock Holmes based today in London and written and crafted by people who clearly love everything Sherlock Holmes. And so it's um, Benedict Cumberbatch is Sherlock and Martin Freeman from the British office and all those movies. And in fact, from uh, civil war uh, plays Holmes or excuse me, plays uh, Watson. And uh, even if you're, if you're not a big Sherlock Holmes fan, but you like the idea of Sherlock Holmes, you'll love it. But if you are a Sherlock Holmes, there's tons of little like Easter eggs and references all updated to be whatever, 2013 or whatever. And it's, um, it's even for a British series, the th- three series of this show are unusual because they're basically, it's almost like something from the seventies in America. They're, each episode is basically like a 90 minute movie. Like with the scope and budget, like they're beautifully, beautifully made. So season one, three episodes, season two, three episodes, season three. And uh, another thing you might really want to binge because if you like, the, if you don't like the show, I get it. It's, it's very Stephen Moffat-y and I know people have strong feelings about Stephen Moffat, but again, all available on Netflix and all very much worth the effort to get you up to an episode. Do not watch this episode until you've seen all the other ones. Cause it's a total payoff called the abominable bride. Um, but uh, I, my whole family loves Sherlock. It's, it's really, really good. And I think, I think uh, your older one would be okay with it. And oh, it's yeah. led to interest in reading Sherlock Holmes, which is a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Not too much talking. That's no, his problem. No, like, it's, if too much talking, he'll look at me and be like, there's too much talking in this. No, it's really kinetic. There's and, too much um, talking in this. 
Well, it might be. I mean, you could watch the... I'm trying to think what happens in the very, very first one. The very first one has a little bit of the origin story stuff, but I think... Is there any parkour in it? Uh, yes. Okay. That'll, that'll keep him going. Okay. That's um, what he wants. Not, he's told me that's what he wants to be now. Okay. He wants to be a parkour. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so is that a called a, a, a parkour? Yes. <laughs> I think so. But the um, setup of the story is really quite a lot. I mean, the basic story is the same basic setup as in the book, which is that there's this doctor who comes back from a brutal war with what we would now call PTSD. He needs to find a place to live. And he gets introduced to this guy who needs a roommate. But the telling of that is fantastic. And if you like the whole Sherlock Holmes, how in the hell did he just figure that out about somebody just by looking at them? It's really, really fun. So again, you know, this is what a great example of like, if you don't like the first half hour of this, it's probably not for you. But they've also, I think, really, this is something I, I want to say Tony Shaw's talked about. They really have helped pioneer a way, I feel, to bring technology into a TV show in a way that it doesn't seem dumb. It's, it does seem realistic, but it's also very fresh. So they, I, th- I feel like they help pioneer the idea of like, when you get a text message, you don't show the screen of somebody's Nokia. You show this beautifully typeset thing appearing next to them and scrolling next to their body right. while they're right. doing the thing. And it's used very, I think, very, very effectively. So I'm going to recommend Sherlock by uh, Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis. And Mark Gaddis uh, plays Mycroft, uh, Sherlock's brother. Great series. And, and, you know, it's not family friendly, but it's not unfamily unfriendly. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got nothing for you. Anything yeah. else? You got any music, any podcasts, anything else you want to recommend? Well, I mean, for podcasts, this, I've, I've been, especially with the election and leading up to the election, but I've been a longtime listener of uh, Adam Curry's No Agenda. Um, he's a friend of mine. He lives here in Austin now. And. I love that program. It's um it's a really really interesting look at uh at politics and media and a whole lot of other things that would be I would be doing it a disservice to try and describe it exactly, but it's um it's a great it's a great program. They've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Right. They do twice a week Thursdays and Sundays they stream it live and then they uh, they usually release it within a couple hours after recording it, and uh, it's all listener supported. And uh, they they do a, just a bang up job. And I've talked to Adam about how much time he puts into preparing for the show. And I mean, this is this is their this is their whole living. And um, he's a you know he's a pen a pen geek like us. And uh, and so you know I've talked to him about pens. But he doesn't go into that on the show. It's a great show. No Agenda is the name of it. I'll put it in, in the show notes if you haven't heard it. And um, this just it's a lot of fun. And it's it's a very, very, very good show. Tons of tons of information. Good pick. Oh, my gosh. Podcasts. I, I'm trying to think of something that's not super well known that I really like a lot. There's ones that are very well known that I, I can recommend. I'm trying to scroll through and find one that's really obscure that is not something I've talked about a lot that isn't about the election. I have so many political podcasts in here. Well, throw one of them out there. Throw one of them out there that's going to do some good post-election podcasts. Yeah. Okay. I can get this out of my system. Yeah, get it out of there. Uh, Trumpcast, hosted by Jacob Weisberg, was, has been a daily podcast 
about the utter apocalypse of what would happen if Donald Trump won. And you can go back and listen to those episodes. They're still really, really good. And I think Jacob's going to continue doing the show um, because there's going to we're going to continue doing Donald Trump. That's a really good one. Uh, the Slate Political Gab Fest uh, has my hero, John Dickerson, on it. Um, that's very, very good. Um, boy, a tough episode to listen to the other day. Uh, Keeping It 1600 is a really good political podcast with people who had worked on the Obama campaign. And that's still a, a very, very good show. Um, you know, here's a, here's a weird one. It's not politics, but, and it's well known, but, um, there's a WNYC show called Freakonomics Radio. That is, this is a very mainstream kind of podcast, but as turns out podcasts go, I think it's a very good one. It's very well made. It doesn't feel like just people reading essays over a music bed. Um, Freakonomics Radio is pretty terrific. Of course, I got to mention the flop house. Yeah, I know. I'm always mentioning the flop house, but the flop <laughs> the flop house has just given me so so much joy. Okay, here we go. Last one: election profit makers. Another very tough last episode to listen to. David Reese, John Kimball, and Starley Kine had a show for 17 episodes, starting in 17 weeks before the election. And it's a podcast about trying to make money on the election with um, Predictit.org, which is not a betting site but it's basically a betting site and you can go in and make all these different bets on what's going to happen with the election at different times. And uh, you know, it's going to feel different to go back and listen now, but that show has given me so much joy. The election profit makers mixtape that David put out last week was astounding. Um, election profit makers. I'm trying go. to think of other ones here. I got a lot of podcasts here, Dan. This is really bad. Got a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm. Jeff Veen's new podcast. Very good. Presentable. It's a good show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Much a couple of uh, music things. Um, slowly trickling out. I already, well, I've already pre-ordered this, even though I probably didn't need to. The Hamilton mixtape is starting to come out in bits. And if you like the Hamilton um, original cast recording, you'll love it. It's, I don't want to say covers, in some cases, reinterpretations of songs from Hamilton. And uh, Kelly Clarkson doing It's Quiet Uptown, that heartbreaking song from the second act. Uh, wonderful reinterpretation of um, My Shot that includes rapping by Busta Rhymes. This morning, um, Satisfied came out. Satisfied, the song that is most in my head from that whole show by Sia and... A guy whose name I forget and Queen Latifah doing the rapping on it. And that's really good. I think that's available on Spotify and I know it's available on iTunes. The full version should be out in the next month or so, but there's about four or five tracks up now. If you, uh, if, if you're a Hamilton nerd, uh, you know, you're probably already listening to the mixtape, but, um, that has made me very happy in the last few days. I like that. There you go. Yeah. We probably got enough here. I think we do. Then he, um, Got any tips? Any uh, tips and tricks? Tips and tricks. Hold down option. Click on some text and terminal. Zip, zips right over there. Yeah. Yeah. Escape key. Escape key. Mm, we got your uh, aliases for your profile. Yeah. <clears throat> Want to do a symbolic link. Greedy enumerators. Uh, struts. You want to make sure you get your controllers. Uh, you want to get that all wrangled into a, a virtual uh, directory. That's mountable from any cloud device, and that that's something that should have uh, SSL end to end. And then uh, you go ahead and get that in your bullet journal. You'll be good to go. I got something that's going to blow your mind if you don't already know this. Ready? Tell me your about mind it. blown. I'm All ready. Right. Are you in? Fr you're in front of your Mac, right? Yes. Okay. 
hold down to record the show hold down shift mm-hmm. option mm-hmm. and then hit the brightness uh screen brightness button shift i'll do some of the dos shift option wait where's our brightness button up, oh there it is up and down shift buttons. option brightness yeah is then, it more granular yeah and then do shift option uh volume f you know uh, volume up and volume down was it super granular yeah oh that's really it cool does it in little i think it's quarter steps and then so, if you have a if you have a laptop that has a a lit keyboard you can do shift option up and down on the keyboard and it'll do that in quarter steps as well um one that i would not mention except that i'm amazed how many people not amazed i'm trying to get out of the fake surprise business title um <laughs> Somebody mentioned this on Twitter and I retweeted it and it's nice to see how many people are learning this for the first time. If you're on your Mac in any program, hit command shift slash or basically command, uh, command question mark if you like, command shift slash and that takes you up to the search bar for that application, handy enough, but you can now type the name of any menu item and it'll pop up. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So like you don't even need your Quicksilver or launch bar. You can basically get, if you don't, if you know what something is called, but don't know where it is, you can find it and execute it very quickly with that in any application. Ooh, let's do some cool. more key commands. Should we do more key commands? Yeah. This is good. Um, oldie but a goodie. If you use Gmail on the web, which is still how I mostly use it, um, hit shift, question mark. Inside of almost every Google app, it will show you all of the key commands for the app that you're in. That's and there one. are a lot. That's a good one. Yeah, and you can you can enable extra uh, shortcuts. This is this is how I learned to, to become a Gmail ninja. Yeah, look give, at me, that. give me give me another one of yours. Uh, the one that I always say that people seem to seem to always remember and then then forget is there's a few different ways to do screenshots on a Mac. Yeah. If you want to do a screenshot of your whole screen and have it save it to a file on your desktop. Shift command three. That'll just take mm-hmm. a screenshot of your whole screen. If you want to take a screenshot of a window, you do shift uh, command four, and then it will give you like a little crosshairs with numbers, which are pixel coordinates on your screen. If you want to draw like a box around the thing and take a picture of it. But if you just want to grab a whole window, you would do uh, shift command four, and then you hit the space bar and it the cursor will turn into a strange little camera and then whatever uh, window you hover over with your cursor it will take a screenshot of that and put so it great. on your desktop so great and if you instead of like people are using screen grab for this uh, the reason they would use screen grab is screen grab might let you gra- use the grab the cursor as well these will automatically hide the cursor which is what most people want um, if you add control into this so you do shift control command three instead of saving it as a file it'll put it into the clipboard and shift control command four same deal it'll put it into the clipboard instead of saving it as a file so if you already plan oh on that's so good and editing, then, like I'll, I'll go into acorn sometimes with something in the clipboard and acorn has um new from clipboard yes so if you have something in your clipboard you don't have to go like guess what the coordinates of it are it'll just create it correct right in there it'll, it'll automatically make it the the new image the right size and everything so that's super useful and you can like i said you can grab a screen snap like uh by by using the little crosshairs too so great pick that's a good one. in the finder most people know about get info you select an item and then you say command i which is really cool 
But like, let's say there's, you're doing a whole bunch of different stuff and you're going to be looking at lots of different things. Less well-known, select something and hit Option Command I and you get instead what's called the Inspector. It looks virtually similar, but it's not. Basically now you can move around and anything you select in the Finder will be shown in that Inspector, which is really handy, including multiple selections. So I've just selected three with the Command key, selected three directories and that will folders and that will tell me for example what is the total gigabytes of all of those folders together mm. multiple you get it turns to multiple multiple item info it does not work the same way if you need to change privileges but otherwise it basically just shows you are you you're, you know this right you know this one i no option so, so hit option command i okay and now just arrow up and down in that in your folder and look at what changes oh Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I have it, done this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very handy. Want to do, uh, do one more? I like that. And if you toggle down the little preview yeah, it, and you're going over like images or something, it'll show you a nice yeah. little. And did you know that you can resize the command I window in, in, the, in this state? Oh, look at that. You sure can. So yeah. you can see more of the image bigger, or whatever. Bigger preview, yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, preferences. There's That's still a dark art. I wonder if we have any more. You uh, you got any good um, extensions or like mem- memory? Uh, you got any menu items you like? Menu items. If mm. you want to try something different with screenshots, this is not state of the art, but I use a program called Voila, V-O-I-L-A, <laughs> for doing my screenshots. And it's not, I still miss the old days of Sketch before they screwed that up. But um, voila is a pretty good way to be able to do that too. And you can remap the keys to send it to voila. It'll show you a history of what you have in there. Stuff like that. Other good ones. I use Bartender. Lots of people know about Bartender, right? Yeah, everyone, you know about knows, yeah, everyone knows about Bartender. What about okay. the um, little magnet? I think we talked about this one too. Magnification on the iPhone. Where oh, you, this is the best. Where you, you, you triple click and it, it basically turns your iPhone into a magnifying glass. glass so that you can yeah. read really small text really easily. Yeah, a lot of the accessibility stuff, when you go into accessibility, you will have a way to basically bind that to triple click on the home button. If you only have one thing, it'll just do that. If you have more than one thing, you select which one of those things you want it to be from an accessibility standpoint. And uh, the, the zooming in is fantastic. Like for like tiny serial numbers and stuff like that, it's just, it's crazy how well yeah. it works. Yeah. Was it, is it trip? Is it it's triple click? But how far you can zoom? How far in? Oh, real far! I think like it, real far. And it's super. It's super clear. It's, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's really cool. Okay, is that good? Yeah, it's good enough. Time to All rest. Right. I'm gonna go sleep for a couple weeks. All right. Okay, so um, I guess we'll button it up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. 